Welcome to We Sing the Bass Electric, a podcast for bass lovers and music enthusiasts of all genres. Join us as we revisit some of the most iconic recordings from different bassists, past and present, discussing behind-the-scene insight and stories that made up some of the most revered albums of our time, all from a bass player's point of view. Now here's your host, international recording artist, Mr. Christian Day Masonis, a.k.a. Big New York. Part two of my conversation with Leo Lyons includes his work as a producer, his extensive bass collection, his latest project, 170 Split, and stories about other iconic bass heroes such as Lemmy, Pete Way, and John Entwistle. You know, one thing I learned about your YouTube channel is... um, I didn't know that you recorded even, I assume that you used your jazz bass on a lot of recordings, but mm-hmm. I didn't know that you changed it up, especially on your your biggest hit. Um, you um, played a Rickenbacker on that recording, didn't you? Yeah, there was no reason, no particular reason at all. Um, I was always trying, buying different basses. I bought that bass, I liked the bass, I wanted to play it, so I played it. <laughs> wow, okay. But I always went back to the jazz. Yeah. What does your bass collection look like today? Um, I, 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 before I came online, I, I wrote down a few things and I realized I've missed a few out, but I reckon about 20, 25. 25 bases. bases. And what do we got? Well, obviously, Fenders, I've got a, I've got a couple of Fender bases. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got some Lackland bases, Sadowski bases, Wall bases. Um, Rickenbacker, of course, um, acoustic bass, Carlo U bass, um, Epiphone acoustic bass, and um, then a Charlie Chadwick folding upright bass, and also I've got a Warwick electric upright. Yeah, you have a couple of Warwicks, don't you? I have four Warwicks, yeah. I've got a five string uh, star bass, a four string star bass. A five-string CV vintage bass and a, a, a Warwick Streamer Pro bass. Um, I, I think 30 years ago, I was doing a gig in Germany and this guy came in the dressing room and he said, um, my name's HP Vilf, I own Warwick. Have you heard of our basses? I said, no. And he said, well, let me send you one to try. So in actual fact, he sent me a couple to try and um, I thought, yeah, they sound good, sound good recorded. And it's a, it was an active streamer brace, difficult, different to the, the jazz bass that I was playing at the time. And um, so I, I bought I bought that one. That was it would be 30, 35 years ago, I guess. Oh. And, uh, I uh, I found a Warwick bass uh, about oh I guess it's been six years at least. I found one in in a store in Charlottesville, Virginia. Yeah. That was um, a dirty blonde limited edition yeah. uh, thumb base. And it weighs yeah. about, it feels like it weighs four pounds. It looks like a toothbrush on me. I mean, yeah. it, it's a, but it's a incredible base. Uh, I'm, I'm crazy about it. And uh, yeah, yeah I, I, I'm a fan of Warwick also. Um, well, you know, if, if they took every single base away apart from the first one I ever had, I'd play it. That would be it. The rest is just a circle going around in a circle, you know. I I always say it's, it's in many respects it's 
it's like an, a, a new love, isn't it? You know, you, you shine yes. for a little, a little bit more for, for a new romance than the one that you've been involved with for a number of years. And I always learn something if I get another base. <laughs> but I always, I always go back. I, I play more of, more of the 25 basses. I take them out and my, my son often says, why don't you just take one out and do it? But everybody wants to see the, the jazz bass. Yeah. And if Absolutely. I play a five string, people say, why are you playing a five? Not so much now because I'm, I'm with a new band and their and the new fans and a lot, of people, yeah. a lot of the fans don't even know my history anyway. But mm. um, so I, 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 I end up playing 50% of the time the, the, the Fender or the tribute bass, the, the music center bass, which looks the same and sounds pretty much the same and plays the same, but um, it isn't so much of a financial liability. Yeah, I have to carry six foot underground in lead in an on this <laughs> location. I mean, it gets to the point where that's ridiculous for a musician, isn't it? It's very, very scary if you have to worry about your instruments like yes, that, any, you know. Anyway, so you know, I don't take it on the road, I don't take it out. And if I want to play it, which which I have been doing in the lockdown, I, I've taken it out, otherwise, it goes back to an you know, as I say, an undisclosed, yeah, secure location, and then it stays there like a bloody painting that you, you know, uh, yeah yeah i know it's almost like you know so, some of my bases i think about putting them in one of those enclosed wall frames with the velvet background and, yeah. and the humidifier in them you know just yeah. so i could look at them you know yeah. uh, you know i have about 11 bases and 12 bases and yeah. i don't get to play all of them i try to but yeah. i don't get to play all of them you know yeah. Um, I'm not saying I won't buy another bass, but I've, I've got no intention of buying one. Yeah, you know, I have a few of I like. I still play acoustic guitar a bit. I like acoustic guitar, so um, I have a few of those lying around. Amplifiers, I, I've got a storage lockup full of them. But I, I funnily enough, I, I do endorse, as I say, the the um, bass center Woodstock bass. Any other bass, I've never endorsed. I've always paid for because. I don't, I f if you endorse a musical instrument, I feel morally um, obligated to play it. And I may not want to play it all the time. So I always keep free hand on that with Warwick. I say I've got four Warwick basses, but no, no endorsement with them. Um, but I do have an amplifier endorsement with Warwick and I use Warwick amps now. I think they really, really are in tune with social media presence, that seems oh, to yes. be the number one. Oh yes, and you one. can't blame them because that's where the money is. I think every musician needs to be these days to, to earn a living. Yeah. But yeah, but I, obviously it doesn't bother me. You know, I remember George Harrison saying, you know, all those years we played and we could, we wanted to get a guitar or an amp and this, that, and the other. Now we can afford to buy them. People give them to you. I do endorse their strings. You endorse what, Warwick strings? No, no, bass center strings. Oh, I don't know about them. Oh, thanks for letting me know. Yeah, okay. no, they're very good. Okay. Sadly to say, up until 15 years ago, I always bought my own strings and I always broke the bloody things, at least every because of I'm heavy handed. Mm -hmm. Since I've had a string endorsement, I never break them. Wow. Uh, no, you're, uh, I change them, but I don't break them. Yeah. You're a round wound or flat wound guy? I'm on, on standard gauge round wounds now, yeah. Okay. In the early days, you were a flat wound guy though, right? In the early I days. I was, yeah. But there were different kind of flat wounds. There were not the, 
I always get it wrong. There round there were those ones where you could run your finger down and feel the clicks in the round, and then there was those like smooth round where you couldn't. And I hated those. Well, we used to call them tapeworms at the time. Right. So yeah. Early on, I was using uh, Labella seven sixties. Yeah. Yeah, I think we all were introduced to Labella in yeah. the beginning of our career. There were talking bass. I've got a few uh, Labella seven sixty sets which I've tried on different basses. But I always go back to using the elites because they don't make any difference anymore. They sound the elites sound just just as good. Oh, okay. It's all in the finger anyway. You know, in the tone you get with your fingers. So yes. That that makes a lot of difference. But um, yeah, so I'm happy with the strings. They're happy with me because I'm an endorsee that once a year might say, "Oh, I could use another four sets." Tough trip through paradise was a great record with well-crafted songs, yet there were no bass songs like Pharaoh or solos like the one no, no, on no. Woman Trouble um, from 1969 Stonehenge. What, was that a purposeful decision to, uh, made to exclude bass highlights or did the music help you determine that it, it just wasn't warranted? With 10 years after, I'm not, you know, I'm not really sure. Um, from my own point of view, I, I, I'm, I'm never a great bass solo fan. I mean, it's strange to say, but I'm not, not really. It doesn't break my heart if I don't get a bass solo. Um, I say I'm a songwriter. That album was a, a, an album of songs. It was different kind of music. And uh, I, it, it wasn't a jam where we, we warranted a, a, a bass solo. I think if you listen to 10 years after music, a lot of the thing was, was riff bass going into a jam and a lot of the riffs were mine. So what generally happened was we start with a riff, whether it's Love Like a Man or Good Morning Little Schoolgirl, and you'd run that for a time, and then, then the tempo would change, and then Alvin and I would jam off of each other. So a lot of those licks were really bass licks with Alvin playing over the top. So it was a different kind of playing to taking a song and writing a song and then having the lyrics and everything and then thinking, Okay, what's the bass going to do now? Because the minute the minute I stick a bass riff in, that's going to limit what the lyrics are, you know? Yeah. Or, or the lyric phrasing, one thing or another. So it depends on the music. Mm. Um, if I were doing a rockabilly record or rock and roll record now, then I would be playing slightly different and I'd be writing different songs. But it really depends. And musicians I change, you know? <laughs> The musicians you play with change too. The, the, as you know yourself, when, when I and I've been going playing longer than you, I'm sure. But the, in the rock and roll, the early rock and roll, though, you couldn't hear the bass drum, so the bass was relaying down the groove. The bass was a, much more at the forefront of the rhythm section than the drum. You just hear a bit of snare and a cymbal here and then. Um, then, as the rock came in and I came through it. You know the bass drum with with the bass drum part boom, 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 boom. you know they're all over the place, and most bass players, you know, of the genre that are coming out then, either ended up I've got to I've got to work with that bass drum, play that bass drum, I've got to play eights over it, I've got to play sing, simplify things. And the guitar player coming along over the top, then he's been to, you know, whatever guitar school he's been to, he knows. He can play every lick, every scale at 500 miles an hour, and he can play over the top of a drummer syncopating. 
So it changes the, you know, the way you have to think. And working with people that come from different genres, I've, I've had to try and get my own thing through, but adapt it to, you know, to work with other people. Um, sometimes successful. I, I, I will not, you know, if a, if a bass drum's going bomb, 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 unless the song really warrants it, I'm not going to just lay out, sit on that yeah. bass. I'm going to be doing something, something different, adding something. You know, when you think about it, drums, bass and guitar, they were all acoustic rhythm instruments, weren't they? Yes, yes. Started out. It's just that we've all come up, come along a bit. The drummer's found his feet, so to speak, and the guitar player's being amplified. And uh... you're a, you're a songwriter. You had the heart of a songwriter. You think of of melody first, and we all, you know, bow down to the melody. The melody is the most important thing I in the song. It is important. I, I mean, I'm not necessarily strong on my melodies. I think I'm, I'm, lyrics probably I'm a little bit stronger, but I see a song's painting a picture. So everything has to fit in with that picture. Like you were doing a video. If it's a sad song, I'm not gonna jump in the middle of a sad song and do like a, <laughs> a virtuoso bass solo. Yeah. Just because. You know, hey Leo, you haven't done a bass solo. Oh yeah, I need my bass solo. Um, with, with with the reform ten years after the, <laughs> as I we did two records with them, and, and I, I co-wrote most of the songs. And and the drummer was always saying to the keyboard, "You're going to do a solo in this. You're going to do a solo in this." And I thought, why? Mm. Doesn't need a solo. Why do you want to? Why do you want to do it? It, just, it, just, it gets a bit ego driven, you know. Um, yeah. Well, today, today's market, I mean, in, in today's time with bass players, how far the instrument has come, yeah. you know, they're, they're, they're all of these bass instrumentalists that write everything on their bass. I write, personally, I write all my music on the bass guitar. Yeah, and I then do. I, you know, I delegate it to different instruments because yeah. I don't want to just reach out to one audience. I just don't want to have bass followers. I want to have music lover followers, people, yes. you know, the father, you could reach out to them using yeah. different instrumentation, you know, yeah. well, you're the I, same way. I, yeah, I, I, I'm not really, don't really think of myself as a bass virtuoso. I, what I'd like to think is that what I do in some way gives people enjoyment and gets a feeling of a song across or the music across, or even just the fact that I'm enjoying enjoying myself doing it and that's important to me um I'm, I'm never happy with anything i've played anyway I, there, there are moments where, where you get into the zone where you hit something and um it just blows you away it's like you're a conduit for something way beyond yourself and those moments are, are, are the magical moments for me the rest of it is you know don't le leaning on the technique to get the part across and one thing or another. And there's some great players out there, really great players out there. Um, so I, I never kind of see myself in, in, a, in a sort of a, a football type league of players where, oh, I wonder what he's doing and how he's done this, how he's done that. Um, but I, I, as I say, I just listen to the music now and um, hopefully something comes out of the air. <laughs> I will watch a YouTube video and, and there's a, I'm sure you're familiar with it, there's a, a bass, um, what you call it, a bass site called Scott's Bass Lessons. That, yes, I follow him. 
and um, I, I joined there quite a few years ago, and, and I've, I've never, I must admit, and if you listen to this, Scott, I'm sorry, but it, it's actually a compliment. I've never gone through a course, but I've watched a little video and I thought, oh, that's an interesting idea. And, and that's, that, that's what I've done. And what amazed me was I watched this virtuoso bass player and, and sometimes I don't even know who he is, but you know, and he's this, he's that, he's played with this, he's that, jazz and this, that, the other. And um, he starts talking about some specific um, chords or chord sequences or modes or this, that, and the other. And I'm, I started to watch one and I think, oh, that's what I do. <laughs> I didn't know that that was an Exelodian lick or, or that was mostly a pentatonic scale or that was this or that was that. Because I, I didn't learn that way. I, I learned, I played guitar and they taught me the chords and I learned three chords, four chords, five chords, minor chords, seven chords, knew all the, knew the triads and off I went. <laughs> Did you entertain the, uh, the idea of Scott um, doing a, a video of you playing your style with your uh, 62 jazz bass? Because it's funny that you brought that up because you know he does a lot of highlighting of all of these bass uh, heroes of today, yes. right? Well, but you, know. you know, you, you're a bass hero in my opinion. You're well, right up there, man. To me, you know. Well, that's kind of you to say. I'm not sure. I mean, I just did something that became came natural to me, and I. Yeah. Um, I I don't know. You know, those guys can teach well. They talk well. They explain it really well. Um, when I was probably. 17 or 18 I, I i taught some local lads to play I, i'm not really a i don't think i'm a fantastic teacher okay I, up to a point i mean I'm, i was i've been asked a few times I, when i first moved to nashville the music store boss said well why don't you do a, a, a class you know in the, and i said well because these these guys in nashville are some of the best musicians in the world what am i going to teach them and he said well the way you play <laughs> Yeah, so, that, he has a point. The way you play, what yeah. you bring to the table, um, yes. But it's a it's a tricky, tricky one. I've, I I guess I'd have to go in with my arm twisted up my back if I were, <laughs> if I were to do it, or in a, in a chat basis, you know. In a, in a well, you know, that's what they do these days. These yeah. days is the artist is so popular yeah. that he could do a clinic. And yeah. what what he does is he plays his own bass lines to yeah. to tracks, and yeah. that's his clinic. And then he'll ask questions, and yes. he might even ask somebody to come up and play with him. I've done a couple of those kind of clinics. Um, yeah, they're they're, they're they're fun. They're fun, Leo. You should think about them. Yeah, I, I I've done I've done one or two like that in different countries, I, and I God knows why, because I'm sure they don't even understand the language, but. You know, the music store, and you go over and you just play a bit and talk and ask questions. But um, maybe it's something for the future. I mean, the whole music business is changing, and uh, I'm still doing it because I like to stand on stage and play. And that may not be the, the, the be all and end all of what's happening, you know, at COVID and post COVID. You had a successful career working as a producer hired by Christmas Records in 75 as a studio manager at Wessex Studios in London. And you also built two commercial studios of your own, 
Considering yeah. how recording has changed over the years, have you kept up with those changes and how comfortable are you with today's digital recording processes? Um, interesting question. I mean, when I started setting up my own studios, it was like pouring money down a well. Mm. And um, I still have friends that do do that, <laughs> pour money down a well. But I mean, the, with the digital thing for five, six thousand dollars, you can have a really good recording setup. Um, but it's different. You've got to learn to uh, you've got to learn to work with that. I think a lot of young engineers now work with plugins and they've got the plugins on the drum kit before they've the drums even hit the kit. So <laughs> yeah, there's some strange, strange things going on. So in my heart, I enjoy the analog recording. Okay. I like the idea of going well, four of us in the room, the song's six minutes long. Let's try and get it in one take. Um, I like that idea, but I'm quite happy to work within the digital domain too. And a, lo a lot of times I do, a lot of times people would say, um, oh, well, let's say we, we did a live recording and, or, or something and, and that for whatever reason or other, there's a problem with one of the, one of the bass tracks on the last record, there was a problem, something went down and, and we lost the track. So it's easy for me to replace that, to, you know, to work within that domain or if I wanted to replace a track on an album we're recording we can or not even replace it redo a part you can you know it can be emailed yeah. these days but it's I not know. not so much the energy fun that i like i like to get in the studio with a load of guys build up an energy get a good atmosphere get a good um headphone mix and go and try and pull something magical out of the air because homogenous recordings that are perfect it, to me some I, I have a lot missing and and a lot of the old records that you listen to you think my god that, that that's the timing's dodgy tuning's a bit dodgy there's a bum note there vocals just slightly flat but wow i've just sat down and thought about that because i've listened to this record for 50 years and i thought it was fantastic i'm still yeah. doing it so there, there are pros and cons I, it's more accessible now yeah, I, and I, I learned, I learned to, when I was a, a staff songwriter in Nashville and, and I was producing demos for people and, and, and one thing and another, but I was also making money mixing tracks for guys that um, recorded everything at home and then would call me up and say, it doesn't sound right, I can't get it right. And so, you know, I, I learned. I went to Nashville at the start when it was really the, Pro Tools capital of the world. So I, I, I learned to work within that genre. You're pretty savvy, man, or, or with with the uh, technology. I mean, you, you've got your own YouTube channel. You do a great job editing it. Your your, your levels are good. You're, you're playing well, live bass yeah, uh, to new. a track. I mean, you, you know, you're, you're pretty savvy, man. I mean, it's, it's a new thing to me because I, I saw it as something I needed to needed to do. I mean, yeah. Audio is no problem. I can I, working with video is slightly different, as you know. But I, I'm I'm getting my head around that. I try not to be too clever. Um, it's always tempting because you've always got those plugins, haven't you? I know. I <laughs> it's know. Like, like everything else, but uh, yeah. I well, to... I'm I, I'm guilty of having because of COVID. I'm yeah. home. I'm quarantined. I'm, I'm I'm not even working my day job anymore. Yeah. And. Um, I had to, I invested about $500 in a pre-Sonus Studio yeah. 5 bundle. And yeah. I got to tell you, man, that I'm scared to death with it. I mean, I, it's yeah. like 
I'm forcing myself. It's quite a slow process. I'm, I'm nowhere near where I would like to be, but yeah. I've finally, I've, I've recorded a bass solo for a, a new remix on a, um, on one of my songs. And, you know, I actually, I'm pretty happy with it, but I mean, I, I gotta tell you, man, it's like jumping um, from a frying pan to the fire, man. When you don't know this stuff, you gotta, yeah. you know, yeah. get uh, comfortable with it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you got there. I, actually, I haven't talked about my current band, have I, at all? Well, I'm about to ask you about uh, 170 Split. Your decision to keep the 10 years after Legacy alive was a blessing to us fans of rock and blues. Your collaboration with guitarist Joe Gooch brought the band sound to another level with your 2004 release now, as well as your last album, 2019's Live 69 Woodstock with your current project, 170 Split. So my question to you about this project, which is an awesome project, by the way, is, uh, you know, with the emergence of COVID-19, many of us have had to postpone or cancel live performances. Yes. Are there any plans in the works to tour with the yes, band? Well, yeah, obviously this year was totally all canceled. Next year we're booking October. Um, I, I, fingers crossed, maybe we can, you know, I've talked about doing some shows earlier, but nobody wants to totally commit to that at the moment because they're not sure. But we we feel pretty confident that October 2021, um, that's where I've booked the next tour. We were scheduled to go in, in the studio in April, in actual fact, to make a new, re new studio record with 170 Split, but that got shelved. And uh, of course, all, all our touring dates were cancelled. And um, we've just been frustratingly twiddling our thumbs. We've, we've, we've put out a few YouTube videos and things like that, but um, I really need to get to get it, it. It's it's possible to put together a track bit by bit and email the parts to people. But for me, the type of music that 170 Split played and, and 10 years after used to play, it, it's ideal you need to be in a room together you need to be feeding off each other and I'm, I'm sure you can understand that yes so um, that's that's what I'm looking forward to do right, right at the moment um, we're, we're in a lockdown anyway so there's nothing I can do about it other than be my own with my four fellow musicians about what a pain it is but uh, well, you're keeping yourself busy with the YouTube uh, channel I, try to. I, some... I get a bit delayed um, I should be doing more. People write and ask all sorts of things. Um, quite often about something that happened 40 years ago, 50 years ago. Yeah. I, I, I gradually try and drag it into, into what's happening now. Yeah. Um, and it's surprising. It's, it's, it, in the short time I've been doing it, it it's, it's been very, very popular. And it, 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 you know, every day something new happens. I've got to, got to keep doing it. I should be... I should do another one this week, I think, and uh, over something or other. Oh, you ha you have to keep on doing it. I can't tell you how much enjoyment I get. I mean, like I was telling you earlier, I stayed up all night watching your stuff. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I really, really enjoy it. I think, you know, I guess we don't realize the imprint that we leave on with people, right? Uh, you've got such well, a wide true. imprint, Leo, 50 years plus. I mean, oh my God. 
I mean, well, so think true. about that. And, and, you know, and that's something that I may talk about in the next video, um, because it occurred to me when it was my birthday last week and that I got so many emails from people and one thing or another, and I thought, blimey, I'm sitting here being miserable about not going out and playing and all these people are writing to me. So, you know, I should think myself lucky. How, how old are you? 77. So you're 77 and you're home twiddling your thumbs and you can't wait to get out back and play oh, no. on stage. <laughs> do you real do, hold up? Do you realize how incredible that sounds? Well, I it, mean, it depends where you're coming from. One guy wrote to me and said, You're too bloody old. Why don't you give up and give other people a chance? <laughs> oh, that's terrible. That, yeah, I'm not, I don't, I can't understand that. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I don't, I don't understand that. What I, I'll tell you what I don't understand is how your body can maintain itself. I mean, me, I can't even stand up for a two hour show. I have to, I have to perform with a stool yeah. on the stage Go and, and time how long I stand because I, I, my body's in pain. I don't yeah. know how you do it. Well, it's the life force, isn't it? And that's what keeps me going. That's what gives me the energy. It comes out the air and you get a feedback from an audience and it, it's just wonderful. Um, the downside is the traveling you have to do. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's something that I've learned to pace. And, and that is nothing to do with age in actual fact, because all the guys I work with are younger than me. And we all find that a bit of a chore, but you can pace yourself to doing that. Um, you know, if I'm not rocking, I'm sleeping. I think that's how I get away with it. <laughs> boring for my wife, but uh, that's how you I manage to do it. I, I go into some sort of comatose state until we get to the next gig and keep going and, until whatever time we finish in the evening and, and then I'll go to bed and get up the next day and start all over again. And uh, I, I just enjoy it. It's the boss, it's the two hours, you know, the, the 12 hours or so of the rest of the day is okay, but the two hours is, is the important thing. And I get a chance to meet so many people, uh, which I wouldn't have, you know, met and, and which had I retired in 75 I wouldn't have met because it wasn't the same then you couldn't go out into after a show and talk to people and sign records for them because it was too much hassle and too many security right. and one thing and another so um and I'm still trying to make that record you know yeah you're, you're still on this journey where you're yeah. you're, you're not really you're not satisfied yet, which I think no, is a no. great, it, it's a great thing to be like that. I'm, I feel the same way. Uh, I think that's what keeps us going, right? Yeah, it's a blessing and a curse. Yeah. You know, my yeah. son said, well, why don't you do this, Dad? Or you could do that now. You could go and travel or do whatever, do whatever. And I'm thinking to myself, actually, I like doing what I do. Yeah. Um, and it is, you know, in some ways it's pathetic. You know, you go to a record company now and they're going to put, minimum to make a, a a a major act a pop star or whatever you want to call them they're going to be investing half a million dollars in some sort of media promotion and you come up there and say you know me i'm leo lines here's my record i'm 77 years old do you want to put <laughs> half a million dollars into promoting me and they'll go you've got to be kidding yeah so the the likelihood of actually reaching to where i 
I want to, I'm striving to be, although I'm happy with the journey. I've always been happy with the journey. The journey in actual fact is sometimes better than the arrival, but yeah. it's pie in the sky. People would say you're mad, but uh, I, I am mad, but I enjoy it. I enjoy doing what I'm doing. And, and as long as I can keep playing, the, the, what I don't want to do is to, to lose, you know, through physical age or, or illness or whatever, to, to do what's in my head. Once I have to start yeah. changing, slowing down and not being able to play those licks quite as clean as I did, as long as I can keep playing them, improving them, then I'll, I'll keep going as long as, as long as people want to come along and hear me play. The basis of our touring these days is my agent comes up with a gig. I know exactly how much it's going to cost to do it. And if we can do it for the figure they, are, they offer us, then I say, yeah, okay, um, let's do it. Um, and, and I'm lucky. I'm lucky to, to be in that position, really. Because uh, a lot of people aren't, you know. You, you, most of my f musician friends, not, not the really successful ones, but most of my musician friends, they're like hamsters on a wheel. Yeah. You're okay as long as you're doing the gig, but uh, here's COVID, take a year off. I mean, it's a nightmare for people. Yeah. And music is the, it's the food, well, art, music included. It's the breath of life. It's the important thing. Like, the rest of it is bullshit. <laughs> you know, wow. people, need, people need that mute to lose themselves within in, in a painting or a book or a film or music music mostly for me and i get a lot of people that feel you know what people write and say oh, i i didn't watch the news i listened to your vid you one of your youtube videos and i found it you know it gave me something took me out of all this negative stuff that's going down and uh, I do the same. I, I, I just put music on, not necessarily, I'll find something on Spotify or YouTube, maybe an artist that I've missed, or maybe an artist that I've really liked, but I haven't listened to for 50 years, and I just play it, and I think, wow, that is what, that's what life's all about. So it's about that, that music, the, the creative thing that, that, that we all have, and we, we can all participate in as musicians or as listeners you know so that keeps me going that that uplifts me when i get pissed off with things well uh you and i are connected to this thing called music and this yeah. journey of life i mean we're, we're connected there's so many of us out there leo that um that feel the same way you do that that really feel that art music uh freedom of expression and the yeah. gift that it, it does. I mean, music heals us, you know? It, it, oh, yes, it is, yeah. You know, you know it's yeah. very shamanistic. And, and, and you don't have to be a great musician. You know, you could, you could go to a, a, a party, a bonfire party, and someone comes along with a guitar and they start strumming away and singing a song that you know, and half a dozen people join in, all of a sudden you're having a ball. I know, yeah. You don't have to be clever to to do it and you don't even have to play to to get something out of it you, as a listener you can get something out of it for the past year you have shared some wonderful stories on your youtube channel do you happen to have any stories that you'd like to share here for the first time 
about your relationships with other bass players, such as Lemmy, Pete Way, Paul McCartney, or even John Edgewistle? Um, well, of course, I knew them all. Um, you know, it, it may sound selfish, but it's so difficult for me to find stuff to record on my YouTube channel. Maybe I should save them for, for that. <laughs> well, you know what? You could. I, um, I wouldn't have any problem with that. Well, uh, I, mean, I told you I was in the middle of, of, of writing a book and someone said to me, don't give too many stories away or you, you won't be able to put them in the book. So where do you stop? I'm not going to tell you anything because, <laughs> yeah. 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 Say, uh, you know, I already know. I could just imagine that if I was Lemmy or, or Pete Way and you were my producer, I would be like uh, crawling the walls trying to get in your head. You know what I mean? I'd be I would be like, oh, my God, tell me about this. Tell me about that. Tell, you know, because, you know, uh, even though pe people kind of idolize some of some of these base heroes you're right up there man you're like you know the grandfather of them kind of you know so thank you yeah. you, know, you know what i mean so it's yeah. uh well i had quite a long association with pete over over three albums and i at four actually i did one with his band called wasted as well lemmy i'd known for quite a few years before i went in the studio and worked with them in the end the, the record we didn't didn't come out as far as i know didn't come out because the label didn't pay the bill and, you know, it was one of those deals. Um, but <coughs> as, as they say, Lemmy could be very intimidating to people. I mean, that was his persona, but because he liked my bass playing and I knew him, it, it was a different relationship in a way um, that I had with him in the studio. Um, I, I, you know, Ace of Spades will, <laughs> Yeah. One will never forget it. No, no. Pete Way's no. bass playing. Some, I, I, someone interviewed me last week about um, they re-releasing re a, a UFO record, and I, I, and they wanted to ask me about the recording of it. So I listened to the tracks. Good bass sound, but I um, and I thought, you know, Pete was a bloody good bass player. People don't think about Pete. They think when you say Pete Way, you think um, Lycra. Rock and roll excess, yeah, and and that's it. But when I listened to his playing, and, and I must have known at the time because I, I'm quite particular, obviously, on a good bass part on the record. <coughs> it was great. It was excellent. Lemmy was different. Lemmy was a you know a, a, a bass player that strummed the bass, in, in my opinion. But he had his unique way of doing it, mm. and he was very loud. <laughs> Very, very loud. Um, yeah, you know, Pete Way is more of a meat and potatoes kind of bass player. You know, yes, I think. yeah. Uh, you know, uh, uh, Lemmy was a little bit of a diva, you know, in a way, because he was, yeah. he had this uh, distorted sound, quick attack, uh, pick, pick attack. And, uh, you know, and of course, he was the lead singer. It's a little bit different. You know, yeah. Pete Way uh, wasn't the lead singer, you know, um, in UFO. Yeah. So. It was a little yeah. bit different, you know. Everybody likes McCartney's style. Um, yeah. It did some good, great bass lines, you know, really excellent bass lines. A lot of people compare John Entwistle and myself. I, I, in some ways I can see it because John always did those little licks in the song because, he, again, if, if you take the Who, the bass, 
Pete was we, Pete wrote the songs and he was great, but he was a rhythm player. Rhythm, he wasn't a virtuoso lead guitar player. Whereas John was, you know, he played some of the the parts that maybe a guitar player would have played at the time, you know. And so I could see the the similarity. In fact, when he died, uh, I was in Nashville and the front page said, you know, English rocks start bass player dies. Everyone thought it was me because the photograph looked a bit the same but uh, oh wow wow yeah i do see the comparison with entwistle though only for the reason that your stance even though you were more animated on stage yeah. you did hold your jazz bait you held you held your bass up kind of high and your fingers your right hand attack was really fast just like you know just yeah. like um john was i, I so i i, I kind of think you guys are from somewhat of the same school in in that sense. I think you're right. I never listened. Well, that's unfair. I listened to the Who, but I never listened to John specifically. I liked his playing, but I never kind of compared my playing with his or tried to play like him or anything. So it didn't didn't really dawn on me. McCartney apparently has Bill Black's bass. I know. <laughs> I know. Is that something that you envy, or is something that you you wanted to have yourself? I don't, I don't, no, I don't envy him. I, I think if, if he would call me up and he's not likely to and said, hey, Lee, I'm getting rid of Bill Black's bass. It's, you know, X thousand dollars. Are you interested? I would say yes. <laughs> yes, yes. I, I understand that. I feel the same way about your bass. If, you, if, your, <laughs> if your 62 bass went on sale, even though I know I couldn't afford it, but I mean, I would still want yeah. to a bit a bit on it at least you know yeah I, I, it, it's weird isn't it because it, it wouldn't that doesn't bother me that doesn't bother me at all I, I get a bigger kick out of having Bill Black's bass than owning my own bass if, if I sold it yeah. and as I said it I have to store it in, in a secret location because of the, you know the insurance and this and the other it, it's annoying it's it's, really, it's, hor it's horrible that you have to worry about that. You have to worry about your home. You have yeah. to have like surveillance and cameras and yeah. and, and a bunker. Well, I've, got I've got I've got nothing here. They're breaking. <laughs> There's nothing here. There's bunker here. Oh. But um. I love yeah. it. it. It warms my heart that you have still have that base. I have to tell yeah, you. yeah. A lot of people probably would hate me if I sold it. Yeah, don't don't leave it in the family bloodline. It's a. It's well, a yeah, and they give the responsibility to your kids. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Same thing. Yes, I. I yeah. You know, I was offered a lot of money for it, but it wasn't enough money for to for me to say, yeah, okay. Do you think a, a half a million would be enough? Would you say? Oh, yeah, do oh, it? Yeah. I think half it would. Be, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Someone said, you know, someone started saying, "Oh, I reckon it's worth four hundred thousand and this, that, and the other." And I said, "Well, it's worth whatever you can get for it, you know." But, right. uh, yeah, but I, well, you get to an age where you, there's nothing you want, only your health. So, yeah. and that you can't buy that. So. Uh, yeah. I've got enough amps. I've got enough bases. I'm working with, you know, in 170 split, I'm working with a great group of guys. Yeah. 
and we make records and we go out on the road and people come along and see us and we have a good time so what can you what more can you want if you enjoyed this educational music program please subscribe to we sing the bass electric on your favorite podcast platform we would love your feedback email us at we sing the bass electric at gmail.com for bonus material and a chance to win merchandise such as autograph cds and more subscribe to our youtube channel and join our mailing list at we sing the as always thank you for your support and please buy music from these spotlighted artists it makes a difference